On the football field, the action happens in the blink of an eye. It's like that off the field, too, when you've been injured. In a split second, your life is changed. Whether on the field or in the courtroom, when you've been injured, you need the right teammates by your side. You need Chase and Boscolo, a law firm willing to protect and fight for your rights. On the football field or in the courtroom, having the right team determines whether you win or lose. When injuries change your life, call Chase and Boscolo, trial lawyers that care. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What's up, everybody? This is Fred Smooth. This is Landon Collins. Hi, I'm Ryan Kerrigan. This is the Redskins Talk Podcast with J.P. Finley. What up, everybody? J.P. Finley, Redskins Talk Podcast. We have a I'm going to use the word fascinating podcast coming up for you. It's really, really interesting. Um, I think fans always want to know more about the role agents play and kind of the business side of the NFL. Um, I, I know a lot of fans are very informed on that kind of stuff. Some are are less informed. So I, I, I finally got a, a, a friend of mine and a, a really good agent to sit down and talk with us. His name's Andy Ross. He's an agent with Select Sports Group. He represents a number of skins players and a number of players across the NFL. He's been doing it a long time, well-respected in, in the agent community. And we talked for near an hour just about everything that is going on in football, what the combine means, what pre-draft process means, guaranteed money, non-guaranteed money. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. I think this is pretty informative, especially with everything that we're about to embark upon, which is the combine, free agency, and then eventually the draft. This is like a prime off-season primer to, to get you prepared for everything. Also talk to Andy about what he knows about Ron Rivera. So you guys are going to enjoy it. As always, we're brought to you by the good folks at Oarsman Automotive of Virginia. We ride with them and hope you do the exact same thing. Also, I want to remind everybody, we've been talking about this plenty, but it is a big deal and it is very cool. The Big 20 is a project we're doing at NBC Sports Washington looking back over the last 20 years in D.C. sports and the 20 biggest stories. Um, we started rolling a few out. I know the, uh, the Maryland women winning the national championship is on the list. D.C. United won a title way back in 2004 is on the list. Um, this stuff is really cool. Check it out. The website is NBCSportsWashington.com slash The Big 20, and it's presented by McLean Mortgage. I mean this sincerely. I was, I was on the panel. Um, we had some really good, little bit heated discussions around these topics. You guys are going to enjoy it. Check it out. Enough of me. Let's go to Andy. What up, everybody? J.P. Finley, Redskins Talk Podcast. We have a very special guest joining us. Before we get to that, we are brought to you by the good folks at Oarsman Automotive of Virginia. We ride with them, encourage you to do the same thing. Pete Haley's here. Mitch Tischler is here. To my left is Andy Ross, an agent with Select Sports Group. Andy, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Glad uh, to be here. Is there more to that title? What's your like official title? <laughs> Agent. All right, so I nailed that one. <laughs> uh, Marriage counselor? I don't know, you know. I know you wear a lot of hats. Uh, I, I thought it'd be a really cool opportunity. Andy's a guy I've gotten to know a little bit over the past few years, and he lives here locally out in Leesburg. And fans just have so many questions about 
kind of the business side of football and what players and agents and, and how it all works from signing with an agent out of college to going through the draft process, the free agency process, the contract process. So I, I've been bugging you to do this for probably two years now. Finally got you to come on in. Um, tell everybody, let's just start here. Like, how did you get into this business? What is your background? Well, you know, it's it's a unique story because I actually started when I was in high school. I had a professor that I took a sports marketing class. I liked it. Uh, did an internship uh, with uh, with a firm that was local uh, in Tyson's Corner, and I actually sat in their lobby for about two. Is that and a half. Octagon? It was Octagon okay. back then. Okay. It was Advantage International. Okay. Um, and I uh, I sat in their lobby for about two and a half hours until uh, they offered me a, uh, a free internship and <laughs> uh, worked there for four years for free. Uh, worked there for 19 years and then leaving there, ended up at uh, Select Sports Group, been there for about six now. Okay. And what got you into this? Like, I mean, two, four years of free work, like, I, I think so many people have seen like Jerry Maguire and just kind of assume that agents are all like living this high life. There's a lot of grinding that goes into this. Like, I mean, how passionate do you have to be to kind of choose this profession and, and then you've made it well but there's a lot of lean years along the way yeah I mean I think a lot of it is is just a drive I mean if you look at most agents uh, the majority of the successful agents I would say you know they just have a, a will to just succeed they they have a work ethic that's unmatched they have a you know a little bit of a craziness to them of hey i've got to outwork everybody and you work nonstop. Um, it's a service business so i think that when you look at um when you look at you know agents across the industry you know it takes obviously a lot of strategy a lot of preparation so you have to have you know that background you have to have a salesperson's background because that's at the end of the day what it sure. is you're selling your clients to teams you're selling yourself to clients um, so you spend a lot of time just really perfecting that pitch uh, perfecting your story and then as you have successes you just build on that right um, I think that when you look at a lot of a lot of the agents out there um, you know that have been very very successful they're very humble you know, a lot of people think of the Jerry Maguire and you got to be out there. And, you know, that's the world that everybody thinks is the agent. But there's so much behind the scenes that actually happens that no one sees. Sure. The late nights, the early mornings, the travel nonstop, being in hotels. You're at football games, which is great. But I don't go to a football game and just enjoy a football game. You know, hmm. I'm not sitting there with buddies drinking beers yeah, and watching relate. it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm familiar. I'm you know, you might have a, a guy that's a, a free agent and you might, you know, that's about to be a free agent and he goes down and he gets hurt. And you have the family you have to deal with. You have the team you have to deal with, the medical aspect. Um, there's a lot of stress involved in it. But. Dude, I remember this season, so the 2019 season, I want to get into specifics, but a player went down on the field and like five minutes later, I got a text from his wife. Hey, what are you hearing? Because they were just so worried about it. And, and I think fans especially, like you, you get kind of removed and you don't see the the personal side of all this that, that – really makes it hit home in, in some of these situations. Can we, can we say any of your clients? I, I, I just feel like it's relevant maybe for our Redskins audience to point out that you rep Morgan and Tim. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah okay. that's fine. So you're working with Morgan Moses. You're working with Tim Settle. Um, you've worked with a number of people coming through Ashburn over the years. But you work with every team around the league. And, and so you see how different some of these teams are. I mean, what is the difference in, in working with, you know, New England versus Kansas City versus the Skins and all these different organizations. Well, I think, you know, the unique thing about the NFL is you have 
32 different teams with 32 different cultures, sure. right? Um, they're going to have different plans as to what makes them successful. The coaches, uh, you mentioned New England, you know, Bill Belichick's essentially like their CEO, head coach, uh, working with Nick Casario. They've put a lot of focus in on their medical. They work with Tom Brady and TB12. Um, so they really focus in on, hey. Avocado ice cream. <laughs> no tomatoes. No tomatoes. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> well, they, you know, they're, you know, they're very focused in on paying attention to every little thing. There's no little thing that doesn't matter because they look at all little things can become big things. Sure. So you've got to focus in on the little details. Then you'll have other you know, um, organizations that they're maybe not as, as, as good on the medical as other, um, as other teams. And I'll tell my guys during free agency, like, hey, this, the money is this, but understand this is the culture here. This is the team. This is the makeup. You, know, you might have a team that they make that family makes all their money based on that football team. So their their budget is a little bit different than, say, Jerry Jones in, uh, sure. uh, in, in Dallas. And so when you have the financial means of some of these owners and you have some of the other owners that just don't have as much financial means, you know, it's just a difference uh, in the building. How often are players not taking the highest offer? Like in free agency, in free agencies. I mean, I'm an agent, so right. you know what I mean. I'm like, hey, here's a rock. Let's grab money, right? right? It's you know, um, but you know, I had a client one time who had a, a, a special needs child, Ziggy Hood, played right. for the Redskins, and when he went through free agency, part of knowing the four or five teams that were interested, him and his wife asked me to look at whatever the hospital was in the area. So while money was important, we actually had to sit there and evaluate. What was best for his son uh, from a medical standpoint? Yeah. Um, that's a unique situation. But, you know, you have to have as an agent, you have to have all these conversations with the, the players because they've, the more prepared they are, these are major life choices. Whereas if it's a million dollars difference, you know, there might be something to, you know, that, that pushes them one way. You know, am I on a team that's going to win versus a team that's going to lose? You have to have those sure. conversations. You know, what's the security of the general manager or the head coach? Because you could sign a big deal, but then new people come in, and two years later, you're not their guy, right? So you're always trying to discuss all these different variables. Um, well, and we know that the contract structure can be funny money and all these other things late in years. I want to ask you about that. We should have done this. I know your resume, but tell everybody about the top ten picks and what SSG is and, and, and the, the bigger picture of, of who Andy Ross is because it's a pretty big deal. Well, no, I'm, well, thank you, first off. Um, you There's know, that humbleness. There, you, know, you, 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 you know, the key is you, you have to work really hard in this business. And, you know, you're going to deal with the ups and downs of the business. You, one year you might have, you know, a top five pick. Another year you might have a fourth round pick. Uh, one year you might do $150 million in free agent deals. Ooh, Pete. It's a lot. I'm just looking for $150 in my free agent deal. So. <laughs> you could rent a car or two with $150 yeah. million. I have to talk after the show. He just rented his first car. He's yeah. very excited. Yep. You rented? Okay, yeah. so you have 25, 26. JP was basically my agent. Yeah, I was 25. Yeah. Yeah. He negotiated, negotiated for a me. Deal. <laughs> he took a lot off the top. He big big car guy, Sean Ryan. Yeah. There you go. Well, you know, you're making big steps in life. But, yeah, you, exactly. you know, the... the you know, when we're looking at, you know, SSG, you know, last year we had the number one pick in, in Kyler Murray. Um, we also represented, you know, Brian Flores in Miami. We represented Cliff Kingsbury uh, in Arizona. So that situation as an agent, you're able to utilize the relationships that you have. And that's sure. what networking in this business is all about. You know, that's where the power comes in. You know, SSG is a you know, top five firm out of Texas. Um, 
we represent you know a number of clients, but it's not just based on size. It's based on you know kind of a boutique. And yeah, stuff. it's a boutique style agency. Whereas you have some of the other agencies, the CAs uh, of the world, that you know those are all you know they took like three firms and combined them together um, to. Congre- and they're this- all over. They're doing Hollywood. They're doing everything. Yeah. Right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Music and you guys and are football and- or sports. And we're just football. Yeah. Okay. And you know we've had some baseball players over the years, but we're s- specifically football. Whereas Octagon, you know, was a variety of uh, of sports. You know, for me, I really wanted to go to an agency that had just a football focus. Mm-hmm. Um, that was important to me. And it's built a bo- like a boutique agency, so it's you know has the resources of a big firm where you do the marketing, you do the PR, concierge. Um, but you know, at the same time, it's 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 built you know where you have that one-on-one relationship with your client. Is there like a maximum amount of players and coaches you feel like you can rep to give them your you know maximum amount of effort, or do you feel like you can take on as many guys as you need to, and then you can just div- divvy up your time that way? Well, for me personally, I, you know, I think a lot of the the you know the business, especially when it comes down to the rookies, is you have to be limited on numbers. Um, There are agents and agencies that sign a ton of players. Um, That's their business model. That's fine. You know, I believe that if you're going to take a guy like an Ali Marpet, who is unheard of, late round, seventh round guy out of a D3 school, he needed that one-on-one attention. So I couldn't sign 10 guys in the draft that year. I signed two players in the draft that year. And, and with Ali, he ended up making NFL history and being the second-round second, second pick of the Buccaneers. Um, just signed a you know, $55 million deal. Um, is really one of the top guards. Dude went to Hobart? Hobart. Yeah. $50 million out of Hobart? <laughs> Put it this way. Somebody's I, doing some work. I don't, where is Hobart? I would not I think it's in New that. York? It's a lacrosse school. Okay. Uh, is it in New York? It is, upstate Bad. New York. <laughs> I feel like lacrosse school is either Maryland or New York. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I, was, I remember heading up there, and I'm like, looking at their football facilities, which they do a great job for what they have there. Sure. But I'm looking around going, I've been in some SEC schools. And then you're looking around and you're like, okay, where's the water? Yeah. Like Like if you're ranking it, it's Alabama, Ashburn, Hobart. Is that accurate? But you know what? (laughs) But they did a great job in preparing Allie. And, you know, Allie. $50 million out of Hobart. How about this? You're doing some work if you're getting him, a D3 guy, $50 million. How does a D3 guy get on your radar? You know what? That's where relationships come into into play. Um, I had uh, a couple of scouts um, that I knew call me. And one of them actually, he goes, look, Andy, I know you, you, you do a lot of work with offensive linemen. He goes, I have a guy for you. That's Mitch's that guy, guy right, right there. Here. Yeah. Make, make, like you're sitting on the right side of the table. Yeah. For, Strong side? Yeah, yeah exactly. For, former wrestler, you know yeah, what I mean? Know. Like, you know, the yeah. blue-collar mentality. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, when I – the, the, the scout – out of the three-point line. Exactly. Right. Yeah, this, well, the scout, scout called me, and, he, and he's like, yeah, this guy's probably going to go seventh round undrafted, um, but he's your type of guy. He'll probably end up playing the league for seven, ten years. Well, you know, as an agent, seven, ten years, that's a good business model. Mm-hmm. So I met with him. And, you know, his dad, you know, had won an Emmy uh, for, you know, essentially runs Fashion Week in New York. And I'm meeting with this guy with a long gray ponytail. <laughs> and his son's this big football player. But Ali had the size. Um, he just grew a little bit later. Um, and then he actually was the first player, um, interestingly, since 1990 to be in the Senior Bowl. So I had worked with Phil Savage, uh, who used to be there. First D3 uh, player? First D3 player That's since cool. 1990. That's interesting. And How big of a break was that getting him to Mobile? Because not everybody gets invited. And- oh, you know, you know what's interesting is I remember, you know, Allie's a very cerebral guy. So Allie, I told him, I said, look, why don't we send a video to Phil 
I'll give you a cell phone number. Send a video as to what it would mean, not just for you, but all D3 kids to get into the Senior Bowl. And he, so he's like, you know, I don't know about this. Ends up doing it. Phil calls me up. He's like, this is great. This guy would be perfect. Um, he, you know, his merit based on what he was doing as a football player uh, was, you know, got him into the Senior Bowl. But that video really, you know, well, uh, really what's helped. interesting too Crazy. is the Senior Bowl now kind of markets the the guys they get from from smaller schools and, and one whatever one double A is called now and D two and so you know they they love pointing those stories out too and in a way maybe you kind of got that going if it had been twenty years since they had a D three guy. Well, yeah, I mean, I, because now you go on their Twitter feed as as much as they want to talk about the Bama kids and the Ohio State kids, they also want to point out whoever. Wherever they have smaller school they guys coming to North Dakota State and the, uh, the we're James saying pimp on the dudes. podcast now. Yeah, we can say pimp. All right, right. which kind of looks like a pimp no? right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a big it's a big improvement from the, uh, the sweatpants. That's true. Bell-bottom sweatpants. Oh, oh no, they have a D three player this year in the Senior Bowl. Right, Ben Barch out of St. John and the Minnesota one. Uh, Minnesota okay, one. Yeah. yeah, and he uh, he's he's. Actually, yesterday had had a great day of practice. Um, you know, Allie's kind of mentored him. That's cool. It's been, it's been really, really, cool. really, really cool to see another player be able to step up. Now, we'll see how he does today. We'll see how he does sure. the rest it's of the week. It's a long week. week. Um, and it's a long process. Uh, you know, everybody, every small school, after, after Allie, it was like every agent was trying to find that next small school player, it seemed like. And they were offering them full package deals and, and whatnot to get them. So what does that mean? You find the player is one thing, but then you, you offer them this deal. Like, How do you, the recruiting process of for agents who sign players going into the draft, I imagine there's some shadowy stuff going on, but not all of it is like that. What What is it beyond meeting with the parents, meeting with the player? Well, it really depends on, you know, like with anything, you know, the better you are, the more leverage you're going to have as a sure. player, right? So the better the deal is going to be. Like Joe Burrow probably has a pretty good deal. I would think Joe Burrow has a, has a really good <laughs> right, deal. Right, right, right. Um, you know, the hard part is, you know, to cut your fees, to offer this enormous amount of money, the mar- what people don't realize is the margins are really small. Every single player that you invest in as an agent to prepare them for the draft you know, it costs you forty to fifty thousand dollars when you start looking at, you know, rental car. Right, mm. rental car is not cheap. He's got a good deal if you need yeah, one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I bet Andy has a good deal. I'm sure you he know, does. The, the private chef, the massage therapy, um, training, I'm, right? The, the training, forty-yard dash you know, training. Like in Ali's case, I hired three specific trainers to come in. One to work on hand placement. Another one to work on MMA and balance. Um, another one to work on run blocking versus pass blocking. And you're handling those costs? I'm hiring all yeah. those people, yeah. And some of those guys are, you know, it's 5000 bucks just for two days. Mm-hmm. But it's your investment in the player. Not cheap. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, if they turn out and they sign a $50 million deal, it, it's great. It all pays off. But you might sign three or four guys that don't, right? So forty dollars to $50,000 multiplied by four, it's, That's you know, it. a lot well, of rental cars. And, yeah. and one thing I think fans definitely missed the boat on, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, the maximum an agent makes is 3%. Right? Correct. And 3% on the NFL contracts, but on advertising, you guys get... 15 to 20%. Yeah, a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, but, I mean, how, how many, many guys have... Does, but if you're signing top... If you're saying you're signing top-tier players, then I, those are some of those I guys. bet there are 25 guys in the NFL that make 98% of the advertising endorsement money. Is that right? I would probably agree with that. I would say... You know what I mean? Like, that... My, my greater point is... People think it's this super lucrative, and it can be, but I mean, if you're shelling out 50K for four kids every year, that's 200 grand before you've made a dollar. 
Oh, yeah. Right? Like, it, <laughs> the, the, the balance sheet gets pretty dicey at times, I imagine. Well, and, and a lot of times, if, if they're a third-round pick or later, you're not even making any money until year three. Like, imagine working for free for three years with the hopes that they're going to sign a big contract. That's what I'm saying. When I'm watching a football game, and you have a guy that you're maybe you're going to make. stock market. You're, you're watching, and you're, you're stressed. They go down with a knee injury, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, you make you fantasy know? team owners look like you know, <laughs> yeah. jerks. Like, right. They're like, oh, I just lost seven PPR points. You're, this is your livelihood you're worried about. Yeah. And the kid's livelihood. Yeah. Right. Correct. And no, and that's, everything. Yeah. you know, it's, I mean, you're talking about generational wealth now that yeah. these players make. It's not, you know, if they handle their money correctly, and you make $50 million in your career, you compound that and invest it the right way, you know, your great-great-grandchildren are, you know, benefiting from mm-hmm. this. So it's, you know, it's not just the here and now. It's the longevity. And if you're thinking about that and you're preparing your clients for that, and that brings up another point is we were just talking about what you do as an agent. Well, a big part of it is, is protecting them against the risk. And what are the things that you can't control? Injury. You can't control that some guy is not going to run through and, and run through your knee. That could happen on every single play. And so you get insurance to protect those things. And those policies, you know, once again, those aren't cheap. I mean, those, I've seen those yeah. policies cost, you know, $150,000, $200,000. And even these college kids now, I mean, you're seeing, you know, they maybe have a million dollars. but I imagine know, Kyler probably had some sort of injury contingent during his last year in college. Well, mo- most players in the baseball deal. Yeah, those guys I mean, know that they have almost guaranteed cash at the end of the, at the, end of the rainbow there. Yeah, I mean, you got, and you have to make sure that you protect against that. And so, like, I had, you know, juniors last year that I was recruiting that decided to stay in college, and that's their prerogative to to do that versus coming into the NFL and making, trying to make millions of dollars. But you have to then guide the conversation from, hey, this is what the process is going to be, to, okay, protect yourself. This is, okay, mom and dad, this is the policy, this is how much it costs, this is talking to the school. And you have to guide them and educate them in that process because that's what this whole process is about, is about education. Right. And, you know, I'm a big proponent of on my clients. I don't want them just to listen to me. And that's a kind of an SSG policy is, you know, we need to really make sure that the players that we represent, they know what it's like to go into free agency. You're educating them on what the market is, you know, because the smarter the player is, the easier it is for them to turn down a deal. You know, because teams are, you know, they're hiring smart people on their side, too. Right. You know, these cap, you know, cap guys are, they're very, very smart. Yeah. And they say, hey, I know all these deals and I know, you know, it's just not an argument where you're yelling and screaming. It's you come in with factual information. And, you know, that's that's really important. And like with, I think I'd made mention to you when you and I were talking off camera, but, you know, with one of my clients, I created a tax clause that saved him on his last contract four hundred sixty six thousand dollars. And we just, you know, he just got his return. And, like, that's real money on a $10 million signing bonus. Yeah. You know, you give me an extra $466,000, I'm going to buy a boat and be, you right. know, you hanging out somewhere else. You want to negotiate my next deal? I got you. All right. <laughs> Here we go. Where's the boat? <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we all want to know. We all want to know that. NBC, where's the boat? Yeah. You're kind of talking about, you know, recruiting guys. And I know you have Ali Marpitz and then you have the big D1 guys. But is there, like, a certain kind of quality or traits you're looking at when you're evaluating players to make sure that, you know, if I invest in this guy, it's going to pay off for me in the long run and it's going to be a, a good deal and he's going to be a player that, you know, succeeds in the NFL? Is there stuff you can pinpoint? Yes, yeah, one, that's a really, really good question because that's one of the hardest things for teams to do is to evaluate how is money going to change this player? How is, uh, you know, how, 
you know, what's their work ethic going to be like? You know, can they be far away from home? There's a lot of evaluation that goes in to these players uh, or for these teams to evaluate what they get out of these players. I do the same thing as an agent. Yeah. Is when I'm meeting with a, a player, you can kind of see sometimes the, the guys that just you know aren't, aren't aren't the best of guys. You can see that they're more into the the show and the marketing and everything else versus like, hey, I'm going to be the best football player I can be. And what you talked about earlier is, you know, it's really, really important to evaluate that on a player because you look at a guy like Ziggy Hood. Ziggy Hood was a first-round pick in, in Pittsburgh, but Ziggy just outworked everybody. When the Redskins brought him in, it was great for a guy like John Allen and Deron Payne and Tim Settle and all these guys to really build that culture of that locker sure. room. And so when I'm evaluating and recruiting a player – I'm looking for certain characteristics just like that, where I want to know, like, you know, how are you going to handle your money? You know, what are the things, you know, are you, when you get fame, are you going to continue to keep working? Justin Tuck was that way. Justin Tuck didn't ever play for the money. He was two-time defensive MVP of the Super Bowl, and the guy was just a grinder. Bill Belichick, you know, talking about the Patriots earlier. I remember they won the Super Bowl, and I'm on the treadmill the next morning, and I see Bill on the treadmill, couple down from me, and he's watching film on college football players <laughs> to prepare himself. On the Monday the, after the Super Bowl? On the Monday morning before they jumped on the plane. So he's getting absurd. his workout in, watching film. Of course, I tried to peek over to see who he was watching. Right. You know yeah. I mean? like, want to get that guy. Check out this guy. <laughs> little bit shady as an agent sometimes. you got to peek a little Did bit. Did your player win the Super Bowl? Was your player I, on the Patriots? Yeah, I had Chris Hogan. Yeah, yeah. What were you doing in the gym the next morning? Yeah, why are you in the why gym? Why weren't you out celebrating? <laughs> well, the suit was a little tight. <laughs> <laughs> Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. You talk about evaluating players. How important is stuff like the Senior Bowl versus the Combine? What they do in pads on the football field on tape versus the measurables when you end up going to the Combine and you're you know, doing the underpants derby and all that kind of stuff? Well, so there's, you know, look, at the end of the day, you have... Uh, you say underpants? Team? Yeah. Yeah, it's the Underwear Olympics, they yeah, call it. Underwear Olympics. I've never heard of under, underpants. Underpants Derby or Underwear Olympics. Underpants well, there's derby? Captain Underpants for the younger generation. Crown? <laughs> this is the Underpants Derby that we're talking about. Okay. So Anyway, Continue. back to the Back, back to the, to the combine. Right. No, no. So, so they, you know, they always have a saying that tape doesn't lie. So majority of your grade is going to be based upon tape um, and teams evaluating that. But then what they do is they look at when, it, when you're a scout, you're looking for what's that athletic ceiling? Because if that athletic ceiling is really high, then they 
GM would say, I can draft this guy, and I expect my great coach to be able to max out what this player's potential is. Now, so when you see a player that runs a slower 40 time, doesn't mean that they can't be successful, i.e. Jerry Rice, right? People always knocked his 40, but he was a great player. He was a gamer. He ran the right routes. He perfected running routes. Um, and so he did really well. He maxed out his athletic ability. Um, and then some. And then some, right. correct. I mean, the guy's unbelievable. Right. But, you know, but he also had the work ethic, right? The thing we were talking about before, the heart. He was, you know, they were winning the Super Bowl, and he's training the next day running him, hills. Him and Belichick. Yeah, Watch him and Belichick. Yeah. Him, Belichick, and you. I mean, it sounds like that's how you get to that level is these type of people. Right, but they, you know, but then... So they go through the combine and they're doing all these different drills, whether it's a three cone, short shuttle, you know, 40 uh, lift, you know, the bench press. The, the bench press. These guys are trained for all these drills specifically, Correct. right? They're training yeah. and that's what you're spending your forty, fifty thousand right. dollars on. But it's really important because you want to make sure that when your player is there, they're putting their best foot forward. But uh, uh, like if you look at 225, they're looking at that as, OK, is what kind of guy is this in the weight room? That's not they're not looking at that going. A measurable. That's more of a how prepared is this guy going to be? How much hard are they going to work? You know, when they're sitting there with their shirt off, they're looking to see what their body fat is like. Do they take care of themselves? Do they eat the right way? And then they're spending all this time interviewing, and they really sit there and they're they're diving in, not just with them, but they're calling their high school football coach, their high school, you know, teacher. They're calling the the secretary of their college football um, uh, coach. I mean, I've I've had a number of players that I've been recruiting. I say, look. Do something really nice for the coach's secretary because every scout that comes in there is going to be talking to her. So, you know, make sure she's going to say something positive because they're going to ask. And, you know, that's, you know, it's all about preparation, like always, you know. And if you're going to have a select few guys, that's where it's really important to make sure that you guide them on every interview they do. You're going to guide them on every uh, interview question uh, that they're going to have. Um, You do a lot of role play. Um, and go through all that, and that's you know that's I've, I've been fortunate to have a lot of a lot of players that have done very very well through that interview process. So uh, that's the process for the guys getting drafted, right? But there's so much else going on at the combine. I mean, just w- what I see and watch is every agent meeting with every executive, and a lot of that is kind of setting the market for free agency coming up. H- how much of that is happening in Indy during that week? Well, that's. From a timing standpoint, right, you're looking at late February. So while they're focusing in on, you know, who they're going to be drafting, you're also having a lot of meetings. I mean, we'll meet with all 32 teams, and we'll talk about what free agents you're going to have, uh, what restricted free agents you have. Um, this year we have a guy named Taysom Hill. Who Heard of him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's people look at him, they go, wow, you can do so many different things. You look at a Tyreek Hill. You know, those are, when you have a weapon like that, um, as a um, as a team, there, it gives you a lot of variables, right, um, in your in your offensive game plan. So when we go there, we're sitting down with everybody. You're talking about who you have, talking about what they're looking for, who they need. They've already had these meetings internally to kind of target what areas they want to focus in on, whether it's free agency or the draft. But they might have a plan in free agency. They not, end up not signing the player that they want in free agency. So now it maybe changes their their draft plan. Right, so the whole process is very, very fluid for for you know teams and executives. As you talk about guys who are going from that first contract to that second contract, the Redskins obviously have a lot of experience with the franchise tag, transition tags, that kind of stuff. How do agents look at that? Is that a positive for you that you're gonna, that you're guaranteeing a guy top five money, or is that a pain in the butt that he's not hitting the true open market? Well, look, every, this is a young man's game, right? So 
the younger your player is hitting free agency, typically is is better. Um, you look at a guy like Tim Settle, right? He came into the league at 20 years of age. You know, he's a guy that potentially, if he does well, could get three contracts. Yeah. Chase Young's you know? going to be 21 when he's drafted. Yeah, it's, and, and that's that's so the way the CBA is now, um, and the way that they've structured everything, you have what's really happened is the quarterbacks are getting a huge percentage of, of the money now on, sure. this, on these cap deals. They're moving towards more guaranteed deals. We need to get rid of a thing that's called the funding rule. Um, and that's, Explain that for folks. So the funding rule is, is very unique. It's, it was an old rule. It's outdated now. Um, the reason that they have this rule was when the ownership wasn't all billionaires, they had to protect on the guarantees. So they had to, if you had a guaranteed amount of money on a deal. You had to make sure that you put that money into an escrow so if the team or the league went under, that that money was still there. So now, so if a, outside of year one, if you have $5 million of guaranteed money, you would then have to, as an ownership, even though the player is not making that money right then and hasn't earned it on their contract, they're making sure that that money is now, um, uh, now in, an, in an account, right? But now you're not, you're not going to have any of these teams uh, go under. that are going to go under. I it's mean, a multi-billion dollar. check alone would cover any guarantee on a contract. Correct. Right? So, so that's why it's an outdated rule. So you know, I've been fortunate to have three clients of mine that are team reps that are you know, for the NFLPA. And that's really important for me because I help guide those players. And, hey, these are areas that we need to work on for the betterment of the game um, for the players is and they the the NFLPA is actually doing a really good job of preparing these guys for this next um, you know potential labor sure. stoppage and you know hopefully you know cooler heads prevail we get the deal done but you know like anything it's a negotiation and the teams are asking for extra games you know the players are asking for better protections at the end of the day they need more guaranteed money i mean that's, that's so you get rid of the funding rule you think the guarantees go up if they have the money why are they worried about the funding rule because it's just something that they have in their pocket that they can they can avoid having to have guaranteed gotcha. contracts. Okay. And so they look at it and say, well, hey, our owner has to come out of pocket another $5 million cash to put into here. Well, so we don't want to do that. So they, there's ways that they work around that. So they do what are called injury guarantees. So like in, in Morgan's deal, right, he's got guaranteed money in his fourth year. But it's what's called injury-only guarantee. Which you're going to be humble about. Very, very few players on a second deal get guaranteed money in the fourth year. Yeah, I mean, you, you know. You've structured that. Well, Von Miller, you know. Sure. Uh, Luke Kukli, uh, you know, Cam but, Newton. You but know, Morgan is not. I, I love Morgan. He's a, he's a great dude, but he's not Von Miller. You know, the contracts look different for different players, right. I would say. Yeah, it's when, it's when you're building the, the contract, right, and you're putting it and you're talking to teams, you're making sure that you have these uh, the, these different clauses and tools that you can use to protect them on their contracts and really build their contract and make sure that they they have the best contracts, not always just the max money, but the tools and the the, the clauses that are inside that contract to protect them so they can earn as In much the money. the fourth and fifth year of these deals. Yeah, let's earn and let's not just have a, a headline. Let's actually see what you're earning. Let's make sure that you have the most money possible because at the end of the day, when you know when my players retire, I want to make sure that my players will have the most money and earn the most money, whether that's tax savings, you know, earnability of their contract. You know, there's just not many players that, that earn 
every year of their contract. So when, you, it, when it comes to negotiating with teams and GMs, what are some things that they do that make it easier to negotiate? And then what are some things, you know, we hear about certain teams are just difficult for agents to deal with. What kind of things are they doing that make it more difficult to negotiate with them? Well, I think that's where education comes into play, you know, and coming in with a really professional attitude and coming in with a, a plan. You know, teams love it when they are dealing with someone that's really smart. Um, you know, one of the things that we have at SSG that's, you know, is we have a negotiating committee, so we all help each other, um, all the agents. We also have a general counsel that who came over from the Eagles and used to negotiate all their contracts. And so that was really powerful for us because you're just putting as much experience and knowledge as you can in one room. The teams do it on the same side. And, you know, I mean, Eric Schaefer, who's you know, long, no longer with the Redskins, but Eric was great because Eric was a former agent. He understood the, the, the things that we were dealing with. It's not just the player. Sometimes you're dealing with family, and you have to educate them on that process. And that's really important to make sure the preparation that goes into it. So, like, when you're putting a proposal together, you're not just playing the high-low game. I mean, that's what everybody thinks. It's like, oh, $10 million. Okay, well, $7 million. Okay, $8.5 million. All right, cool, we got a deal. I wish it was that easy. I mean, some of these, you know, sometimes the most powerful thing you can do is say no. I mean, that's, I've had that before, and... You know, that's a tough situation where I was negotiating a deal for a player and I said, okay, fine. Like, we're at the end here. I need to know what your best deal is because we're far away. This is kind of where we need to be, the range. And I said, give me your best offer. And they gave me their best offer. And I said, okay, fine. We're, no deal. We're turning it down. And then a day later, the GM goes, well, we can move a little bit more. So well, that, that hurts the process because if, if your credibility is everything. If right. you're saying, hey, this is where I need you to be, and they move off of that. That's that's just a, that's sure. a ch- and you call them out, you know, on that. But I mean, at the end of the day, not everybody's enemies. It's not like it's you know execs and agents and everybody just hates each other. There are a lot of really good friends of mine on the on the team side, and that does make it easier on a negotiation too. When you're you know when you have that relationship, um, it's business. It, it's not that different from the media, right? Like, my job is to try to uncover stories and the execs and coaches know that and some of them kind of get offended by it but some of them understand that it's the business we're all in right and and then you develop relationships yeah i mean i have media people that call sure. me all the time and ask for things yeah. and it's like i, Probably I can't here you know but sometimes you just have the relationship. hey you know what that's great i can't answer that right now right and there's a mutual respect there where right. you know and then there's sometimes where uh, you know someone from the medium thankfully you have that relationship as an agent right because there might be something that happened for a player that's not the most positive thing, sure, right? Yep. So you're sitting there and it's like, okay, well, you know, hey, I need you to hold this for right now. You know, please don't, you know, and this yeah. is why. And let me, give me 24 hours to figure out what's going on here and, you know, and then you, you know, work the relationship that way. When you're negotiating those deals, how often are you talking to the players? How often are you updating them on what's going on? And then as you go through the season for guys who have incentives and, yeah, I like this and sack deals and whatnot, are you reminding them, hey, three sacks away from an extra million and a half bucks or, you know, what their, what their incentives are as they get close? Oh, yeah. I mean, put it this way. I call it the FedEx envelope. Yeah. You know, and it goes right to their locker, and there's a big thing that says, this is how much money it is. This is what you need to do. You know, I just met with one of my clients who's going to be coming up to be a free agent here in another year or so, and, you know, he really, really likes cars. So I took a pic- picture of him, you know, in front of a Bentley, and I'm, you know, he's going to have that, and I want him to see that every day. Like, hey, if that's your goal, like, let's visualize it. Let's write down your goals. Let's make sure we have a plan going forward. Because if you do X, Y, and Z, hey, you can go get that Bentley. 
you know? I had a player at the end of 2019 tell me that every sack is worth about $1.7 million when you get to free agency. So players know. I think players are highly aware of some of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, but I've also I've seen players that have done deals um, that might not be the best deal for them, right? And it and that frustrates me as an agent because one that affects the market, right? If a player doesn't max out their value, that you know that hurts other players that are coming up. So you you not aren't just negotiating for your own player, but you're negotiating for the betterment of that position, you know, going forward because the money's just continually going up with the TV revenue. Nobody wants their neighbor to sell their house for less than it's worth. One hundred percent. You know what I mean? And, and it's, but I, I will say this, JP. It's 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 interesting because they, you know, this one player, like when he did his deal, I'm like, if his agent had just educated him on the process and he had done an insurance policy, he literally left thirty million dollars on the table. Oh. Don't like to leave that on the. Table. That's a couple Bentleys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is this that's a couple boats. Yeah, a couple Bentleys. That's a lot. Or you know what? That's or that's invested the right way. And turned into $100 million of generational wealth that his great yeah. friend How much is a Bentley? Hold on, let's guess. Like a... Uh, like a top of the lot, like like a Bentley that an NFL player is dreaming of. Okay. The Bentleys that we see in, in, the, in the parking lot. Parking lot. What's right. your guess? Uh, $750,000. Okay, uh, that's hot. I was yeah, going to say three fifty. Damn, that's right. I was three i I'll, I'll go four. Okay, they were about three. Okay. Three hundred. All right, so I can get yeah. a couple Bentleys. Yeah. With well, your seven fifty, you can get a couple. <laughs> but the insurance, the taxes, and everything yeah. else. Yeah. Twenty minutes. The gas. Right. So that's where the real Twenty seconds. Way, if you're buying a Bentley, you're not worried about the gas. Right. That's, yeah. If you are, if you're, if you're buying a Bentley and then you're calling Geico to shop your insurance yeah. rate, get a camera. I shouldn't be buying a Bentley. <laughs> go but if you go to the Washington Auto Show and actually see, you should buy an Orsman vehicle. Yeah. See, Orsman Automotive of Virginia needs to sell Bentleys, and then we can get them set up with Andy. We, we make all this synergy. Yeah, we'll make perfect. it all work. But you know what? It's actually, it's, it's, it's like anything. you got to find what is the motivator. Sure. Right? Um, some some are, players are just motivated. Hey, I want to be the best player I can be. Some are, hey, I want to take care of my children. Some are, you know... I want to buy a nicer house. Um, I buy my mom a house. And some of that can be a combination of all of these things, right? Correct. And so, yeah. you know, and so that's what's great about this business is you can earn a significant amount of money to take care of yourself in generations. And that's, that is a true blessing. There's a risk, of, you know, with that because of the injuries sure. and, you know, what we're all dealing with, with the, the brain injuries now. And, you know, I always tell every player, like, the key is if you can get to the point where you can make enough money to protect yourself and have wealth, never have to worry about working again, that's, that's huge, and be able to walk away from the game with your health. Yeah, right. Is it easier or harder or better or worse to negotiate deals for players at stat-driven positions because you can build in some of those incentive-based bonuses or kind of the O&D line where your, your bonuses are basically based on being active and being healthy? I mean, you know, does, does it make a difference at all for you? I mean, do you find yourself in harder negotiations with, you know, O linemen because it's it's sometimes it's a little difficult to to, quanti- to quantify how good they are. Questions about O linemen. Yeah, I know. And Andy's well, going to love. He's it got too. a pretty good one, and yeah. he's into it. But you know what? It's it's interesting because I, I remember I put together a package with you know Justin Pugh, uh, who's now in uh, in Arizona, and uh, Morgan Moses, because I thought to myself, how do I quantify? An offensive lineman. There's no catches. There's no touchdowns. There's no. What I ended up doing is I took how did they compare on one on ones against other elite defensive players? So, like in Morgan's um, situation, it was a going against Fletcher Cox, 
in the Philadelphia Eagles and how some of the other offensive linemen that went against him, how they did. And I did it with a number of players. So how did they do on their one-on-ones? Did they win versus lose? And I was able to actually quantify that Morgan was in that upper echelon of right tackles or offensive linemen as a whole. Um, Justin Pugh, I had to do the same thing because in Justin Pugh's case, I had, he was someone that you know, the Giants had put him because of his versatility. He was playing left guard. He was playing right tackle. He was never consistent um, as far as position, the position that he position, was playing. Right. And then I showed other players that had been named all pro had consistently been in the same situation. So that way when I was pitching him in free agency, I said, hey, this is what you get in the versatility. But at the same time, if Justin had been able to just stick at one position, this is where his potential could have gotten him to. And, you know, it turned into five like, years, 45 million. Yeah. That's what it turns into. <laughs> and he was, on, he was on IR, you know, for three years. Sure. I mean, that, you know, it's, you know, had some injury issues that we had to work through. Yeah. A, cu- a couple questions ago you said you get annoyed when you see players sign deals that aren't what they should because it affects everybody and that it's up to every player to sign the best deal. And it reminded me of what Trent Williams did this past year. And Morgan Moses said that. He said, you know, we respect Trent. He's standing up for us. He's taking a stand for the rest of the locker room and the rest of the players. Do you see kind of the NFL maybe trending a little more towards, I don't know if the NBA is the best comparison, but a little more player controls because we've heard for years and decades that the players have not much leverage with these contracts. Do you think a guy like Trent, you know, can kind of just take control of a situation and get more power onto the player's side in the future? One, that's another good question. Um, You know, with any situation in the NFL or any sport, right, if you are the star player, you're going to have more leverage and more Mm -hmm. power. At the end of the day, as you saw with the Redskins, too, they had the ability to say, by, based upon rule X, Y, and Z, we can do these things. Um, and they exercise those rights. Now you take the chance, the public hit on those situations as well. So I'm sure there were a ton of meetings behind closed doors as, you know, how do we handle this situation? And that's, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to speak on a situation that I wasn't directly involved mm-hmm. in, Um because I don't represent Trent and, you know, I'm not with the Redskins organization. But it's a challenging situation because you look at a guy like Antonio Brown, you know, when he left Pittsburgh. And everybody said, wow, look at, look at what happened, you know, and how can he force his way out of there? And, you know, what's going to happen? Just like the question you're just asking. But then at the end of the day, you have, you know, now people are seeing some of the things that are, that are going on. And, you know, people say Mike Tomlin deserves a lot of credit for being able to manage that retroactive multiple coach of the year. Award. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you know, <laughs> between Le'Veon and Antonio uh, nothing Brown. compares to Brown. Yeah, nothing compares point. to that. But Le'Veon Tyson, also maybe. sat out and ended up doing okay for himself. Well, you and but you you hope you know you you really do hope though for Antonio Brown that he gets the help needed that yeah. know, for whatever issues he has. Um, you hope that he's able to get some people around him to really help sure. him. And there's, he's not the only player. There's a lot of players that you know, get masked from you know, the public. There's things that they're dealing with. Um, you know, I mean, I've, I've been a big proponent on mental health in the NFL. Sure. Um, I worked with a company called Handel Group where I brought them in, and we actually provide counseling for all of our clients. And that's very unique in the agent business. Um, but I dealt with that because I had a player who's retired now, but he was having some major depression issues and I had to be there to help him and create this. And it's been something that we've actually instilled for all of our clients. Actually, it helped Justin Pugh because I don't know if you would remember, but he had a big Monday night football game 
um, where he gave up a number of sacks, and New York media was all over him, and you know they're just doing their job, but it was tough, and mentally he, he was having some challenges, and I could see that. So I started talking to him about it, and that's where I, I said, hey, I've got this group. They're actually out of New York, um, and I connected him with Beth, and you know, they went through the 16-step program with wow. him, um, and you know, it turned his career around. He was able to compartmentalize different things and, and recognize you know, what he needed to do as an athlete, and he got other players on his team to, to utilize him as well, and they've, they've done a great job. That's really cool. Um, and the NFL has now enacted some mental health guidelines or standards across the league. I, we go quickly. I, I know we kind of got to run here. Um, you mentioned the Redskins. You mentioned Air, uh, Schaefer leaving, and, and obviously Bruce Allen's gone. How different? I don't know if you had any conversations with the new brass over there. How different do you think that situation will be? And if you can't answer, I understand. No, I mean I, I will say this: like one of the things that you know, I mean, essentially, you had a lot of people from Carolina now come up to Washington. Right. Um, you know, I know Rob Rogers very well. I've worked with you know Coach Rivera. Um, you know, Scott Turner is actually one of our clients. Oh, cool. Um, so, you know, it's, you know, the one thing that, that Ron um, really instilled in the players, because I've had players on Carolina, was accountability. And, you know, these are young men that are growing into men. Um, and so he wants to teach them to be strong men, be strong leaders. And I think that that's something that he's going to bring into to Washington. Um, it's going to be about accountability. Uh, he doesn't allow the outside influence to affect his football team. And so I think you're going to see, you know, with the Redskins going forward, that everything is going to be really kept in-house. Um, as an agent, you want to be there to help your players. Um, the Redskins were always very open to letting, you know, you talk to them and get information um, as an agent. Ron's going to close that a little bit. But I think that'll be good for the team because, you know, they have some really good young talent on that team. And I think he's really going to mold a lot of these young players into, into really strong men. And, you know, that should be good for the culture. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Then lastly on this one, just kind of looking at it from the big picture, what do you think happens or should happen with that number two overall pick? Well, I, I don't get paid the bucks to be the general manager, but you're going to have options. I mean, they're going to have a lot of discussions uh, with teams about, you know, what's the value of trading that pick? Um, obviously, you talk about a player like Chase Young that could be there. That's, you know, Chase is a really, really good player. Um, are the Redskins one player away from you know, winning, that's a discussion that they, they have behind closed doors. You know, does it make sense to get more picks and move back? You know, how does Tua's medical effect in all this, right? Like, you know, all of a sudden if big. he's cleared medically, then all of a sudden quarterbacks go high in the draft. So then how valuable does that number two pick become at that point? So are you able to, to, to trade back, get more picks, get players? I, you know, these are all discussions that happen at the combine, um, you know, and behind closed doors. But if they have also, if they've zeroed in, like if you're, you know, Gettleman and you're the New York Giants and you said, hey, if Saquon's there at number two, I think he is a generational player and you're going to build a team around him, you take that guy. Yep. And that's, you know, that's the hard part about it in hindsight's 2020. Tricky so, spot. Yeah. Who's the worst dude to negotiate contracts with? 
<laughs> it was. Yeah, you, you had to try. I wonder how long you would have staring at you. Like, I think like, it would have been like twenty seconds. I, like, I, I just started. Like I knew you weren't going to answer it. It was just kind of funny. Yeah. No, there. You know what? There are some. There are some. Put it this way. I like dealing with professionals on the other side. Sure. So, if they're going to have a well thought out, you know, plan and perspective instead of just, hey, this is what it's going to be, and this year, like, I've got no problem with someone saying they disagree with me. But if they're going to listen, right. that's, a, that's a, the art of a great negotiator. Um, and Sounds you know, like a book title. Yeah. I think it is. A book <laughs> I, I think it's a Trump book, isn't it? Yeah. 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 The art of the negotiation. Right. Yeah. I believe. All right. So the four of us, it's, it's a much more formal, uh, informal setting. We're drinking scotch, smoking cigars. Uh-huh. We What's going on here, about, bitch? He's setting the scene. About, we started talking about Jerry Maguire at the beginning. What's your craziest agent story? Ooh. Craziest agent story. Pretend we're just drinking scotch and we're hanging just, out. We're just hanging out. I There's love no, my scotch. It's no great. Here, <laughs> it's you know, not too powerful. Nothing for too me. Petey for Pete because right. he doesn't like the strong scotch. All right. Um, I mean, it's hard. I mean, I've been everything from you know. I will say that, okay, not craziest, but like when Aaron Curry in 2009 uh, got invited to the draft, he we invited a little boy from St. Jude. Uh, his name was Bryson Merriweather, and it was the first time anybody had given up a seat in the green room at the draft for someone else. And so, you know, Bryson had beaten cancer, and when Aaron's name got called, Aaron had invited him, and so he went out on stage with Aaron, and he held up the jersey. And 10 years later, they still are doing that with St. Jude. So, I don't know if that's a crazy story, but, you know... It's you a know, very cool story. Yeah, Bryson, story. Bryson, you know, ended up beating leukemia, you know, ended up playing college football uh, at University of Chicago. He just graduated this past year and, you know, is doing great things. And that's, I don't know if that's the the, the dirty, like, you know. Mitch definitely wanted a story from ballers, but that's I want to make you know. cry. Yeah. So, yeah, you went, to, you went the Tom story. Rinaldi route. Yeah, you went the touching, the touching um, route. But, you know, it's, it's you know, I mean, I... I've had situations, I mean, you know, where players are going through the draft and the stress involved in it and, you know, some things, you know, it's family members get get very intense with each other um, because it's it's just a process. And it's hard It's hard to be, like, in grade school when you're getting pick, picked to, to play kickball. Right. And now it's on a national stage. You've always been the top player wherever you were, and then now you've got to go through the draft process. Have, have you ever had somebody sitting in the green room and then waiting and waiting and waiting, like some of these scenes we've seen un, unfold? Yeah, yeah. So How hard know, is that, man? I mean, it's – once again, it goes to expectation, right? So if you prepare them for it beforehand and say, look, this is what you're looking for. If you want to go to the draft, this is where you might be. You've got to be professional enough to be able to handle that, um, that process. And – it's still a great experience to have that picture and walk across the stage and have that for, for life. But it's also hard to do it in front of all the cameras. I mean, yeah, that's a, for know, sure. On the other side, we were with Darius Hayward Bay when he got drafted way earlier. How high is that high when a guy Justin pops Pugh. in the draft? Yeah, that you don't expect. Yeah, Justin Pugh. They had the whole, you know, it was the lead-in on SportsCenter that night. Yeah. You know, all his boys tackled him, and, you know, we're texting. There's all the, He was the ninth <laughs> offensive lineman taken that year. And it was like, it was like wow, this is really going to happen. We're going to move up. And, you know, in, in Justin's case, too. Justin also, um, I didn't mention this earlier, but, but Justin, actually, we created the junior role for the underclassmen. 
So that Justin was the first one, and I worked with Phil Savage um, and the NCAA. Oh, to play at the Senior Bowl? To play at the Senior Bowl. And yeah, now you have. Explain folks. They might not know what that So means. as a senior, well, you know, you have to be. A senior. A senior, it's right? name. So in Justin's case, you know, he had had a torn labrum, so he missed part of the season. And, but he was good enough to come out, and he got a third-round grade from the advisory council. He then ends up, um, you know, is coming out, and I talked to Phil, and I said, well, hey, he had already graduated. He did his classes over the summer. Because he had graduated, why should he be, because he's redshirted, why should he be penalized and not get into this game when this is something that could really help him? And Phil and I talked about it some more, and it was one of those things that, you know, we went to the next step when approached the NFL offices about it. They agreed with it, then went to the NCAA, and they approved it. And then Justin was the first one. And then now, since then, you've seen all these other um, you know, underclassmen actually get into it. But it's great because it pushes them and says, hey, if you want a chance to play in this game, you've got to take care of your business. And that means get the grades to get, you know, get your education. And if you do that, now you can get into that game. So it, you know, Jim's done a great job down in, in Mobile. And, and, you, know, it's, it's- you described somebody earlier as cerebral, but you are, t- I mean, you are always thinking. And, Four or five steps ahead. And you have a willingness to push for new ideas that I think gets lost. The NFL is such a kind of by-the-book, regimented, and, and not a lot of people kind of break out with their thinking, but it's pretty obvious you, you, you try to do that. It's impressive. Well, thank you. I didn't uh, know the Pew story. That, that's really interesting. Yeah, no, that's a, you know, it, there are a lot of stories, and, you know, Whenever I'm sitting down with the recruit after like four hours, they're looking at their watch, going, "All right, man." <laughs> <laughs> Last guy was here for 30 minutes. Yeah, you know? right. um, You're just getting started. You know, and cocky I, Andy over here. Yeah, All right, I like it. I'm just you know pushing them through. But no, it's it's um, you do have to think ahead, and you've always got to think, you know, the downside. You got to think of the upside. But I think as a if you're going to be a great agent, you've got to think about all the scenarios that could happen and be prepared for those. And I was fortunate to have some great people that taught me this business. Mike Sullivan, who's with the Broncos now, is their cap guy, um, taught me the business. And Who was the high school teacher? you got to plug that guy. Oh, uh, Paul Wardensky. Yeah, yeah, there you no, go. No, he, he was, uh, you know, it was funny. When I had Aaron, um, uh, Aaron Curry, after every draft every year, I, I'll call him and I'll, or I'll send him a note and just, you know, tell him thank you. Because that's your first top five pick? or uh, Aaron was, well, I had Quentin Jammer okay. um, as well. But, you know, he, um, you know, it was just one of those things where, you just want to say, I always believe in, you know, always know where you came from and always be appreciative of the people that helped you get there. And, you know, Paul and his wife were, were great people and, um, you know, in helping me get to, to where I've, I've gotten to. And, and that's, you know, once again, I always tell my clients that as well. Like, never forget where you came from, you know, because it can be over like that. Sure. So. Um, thank you. Sincerely. This well, is, I think. Fantastic. I think people will yeah. love this. Is there anything you want to plug, like, I don't think you want people following you on Twitter or whatever. Is there anything you want to plug for fans to be more aware of what you're doing or, or charity work or anything? The biggest advice I can have is for parents, you know, like that have kids. Because I talk to parents all the time about these are your kids great at this sport, but just enjoy it. Enjoy the moment. Get them the extra training if, if they really excel in it, because that's really important to let kids just enjoy the sport. You know, even if they're in college, like get your education because it's so hard to make it to the NFL. Um, so enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the process. And if you do get there, you know, utilize that opportunity to, to better yourself and better the people around you. Give back to your community. That's it's it's such a great thing because through this, 
this business, you can do a lot of great things. Just like you know what we were able to do with Bryson Merriweather. There's a lot of things that you can do, um, and you know just you know that's that's a great opportunity. Advice. Well, and, and tell them to download, subscribe, and leave a review for the Redskins Talk podcast. Yeah, so. yeah, one hundred percent. Start meeting with parents. Also, bring up the podcast. Yeah, yeah. We'd, we'd appreciate that. They, yeah, parents need an idea of what it's like in the NFL. They can just listen to us three. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What? Yeah, what, when what Andy I mean. said he likes dealing with professionals, I looked around. I was like, oh, why are you hanging out with us three? But it's too late now. Thank you for your time. Yeah, seriously. no problem. Thank you. It was great. No such thing as a free lunch, Mitch. Nope. Or guaranteed lunch. <laughs> I mean, prison. Don't you get guaranteed lunch in prison? Three square. Is it free? <laughs> it's kind of free. Oh. I don't know. All right. I don't think you're walking up with lunch money.